And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone who is tuning in to this edition of the Weighing In Podcast. Josh and I are back from Chicago. There were some great fights there for Bellator. There was the UFC in Las Vegas where we had the main event fall out. Derek Lewis got sick, so Spivak did not have a chance to match up against the Black Beast. That is too bad. I hope that Derek is doing better. But there was a lot going on in the combat sports world. There was boxing. There was one FC. There was bare-knuckle boxing. So many things for us to talk about. All this good stuff happening. And then there is my man, the punk, sitting there looking sharp, happy. Can hardly keep his eyes open. It is 5 a.m. here on Sunday morning, and I was up really late last night because I had a big John experience with American Airlines. Oh, mine wasn't. Mine was with Delta, but it wasn't anything bad. They what happened was my flight was late coming out of. I was on the tarmac getting out of there because they had to defrost or de ice the plane out of Chicago. So we sat on the tarmac out there uh, for about an hour. Then I had such a short window to catch my connecting flight in Seattle that I'm, they just switched my flight automatically. The worst part was is that I actually landed about 30, 20 minutes in time to catch my original flight. But you weren't on it anymore. But I wasn't on it anymore, so they couldn't switch me back. But my bags made that flight. All right. So my that's bags you, that's made That's why I never check bags. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Never. I just, it just, just going to Seattle, man. Or not Seattle, <laughs> Chicago. It was freaking cold. It was so oh. cold. One block walk to the venue, not even that, just across the street and around the corner real quick, and there we were. It was still freezing. Still freezing. Um, so my bags are now in San Francisco, baggage claim, and I actually, they switched my flight uh, into San Jose, which was good. It worked out perfectly because I got in earlier than I was su- not supposed to, but I got in earlier than the flight they put me on. Just, the, you know, the travel experience during the winter is not always it's the best. It's wonderful. But it was fine. I got a good night's sleep. I met this. Uh, I met this older uh, woman that lived from Georgia, and um, she was right. She actually used to go to summer camp in Dublin, Georgia. No all kidding. The time. Yeah. So we just got to talking about Anthony Johnson a little bit, and it was. Uh, it was just. It was just random. She was. She's from Georgia, born and raised there, and and she used to go to summer camps in, in Dublin, and then now she lives in uh, Durham, uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Right outside of Raleigh. Yeah. Raleigh, so Durham. she was just, she was the sweetest. She was, uh, she just turned 80. She's coming out to California to visit her brother. They, she sees her brother once a year and, you know, it was pretty cool. It was good. It was so, it was so nice to hear about all the stories. She has some old school stories. It was awesome. So, uh, I, I, sometimes you enjoy, you know, when you're sitting next to somebody and they start talking to you and they're, they're great conversation. And sometimes you're like, just leave me alone. Like, oh, yeah. just close, put the hat over my eyes and just leave me alone. Uh, but something about her, she had a great, she was wearing a mask, you know, she was older, so she was wearing a mask, but she just, she just had a great smile. It seemed like her face like kind of lit up a little bit when she was talking about the history of, you know, growing up in Georgia and like that. So it was, it was cute to see. It was great. All right. But hey, before we all get started on all this fight talk and uh, I was up till late last night watching as much as I could before I finally just crashed out on the couch and woke up at like three in the morning. I was like, you know what? I should probably get a little bit of sleep in my own bed. 
So uh, uh, before we get started, go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code Wayne in. And uh, hopefully if you guys listen to us, you go to make a little extra spending cash, uh, you know, um, with our suggestions and our thoughts on the fights that had happened, whether it was Bellator, UFC or anything. So, hey, I want to thank you guys for continuing to support our show and um, everything we do. Thank you guys so much. All right, let's move on. Let's go right to the, the fight talk. All right, let's uh, let's just kind of slip by all this commercial nonsense. Smoke through it. And let's go right into the UFC. UFC 2, it's actually, what, 86? Vegas 65. 80, 60, 80, 65? Vegas 65. Oh, Vegas, Vegas 65. 65. I thought you said 80-65. I was like, what the fuck? Well, it could dude? be 80-65. Okay. Too. Well, we had, a, we had the whole card just pretty much start to fall apart when they had like two or three fights canceled. Uh, Bellator the same though. We had, we had three fights. Yeah. Three fights fell off. Well, one fight fell off like two, two and a half weeks before, but that fight's now put on Connecticut, uh, Jornel Lugo and, um, Jalen Bates and Jalen Bates. That fight, that was supposed to be a really good fight. That fight got pushed to, uh, Connecticut now. Yeah. All righty. Well, let's talk. John, go ahead. Take us away, buddy. On where you want to start. Oh, well, you got to start at the top and you got to start with, you know, Ian Kutalaba against Kennedy and Chukwu, who, man, he, every time I watch him, he's a tough dude. He really is. And I really enjoy watching him. He's tall. He's got a lot of range. He takes abuse and you think, uh oh, he's in trouble. He's going to, and then he comes back from it. He's, he shows that. Not only can he be the hammer, at times he can be the nail and survive that situation and come out of it and uh, get the win. And look, when he hit Kutalaba, you can see Kutalaba is that guy that you look and, you know, he's, he is very strong, he's athletic, but he is that one-directional, linear approach of fighting. He's going to come at you, swing hard, he's going to try to take you down and maul you. And he was doing that for, the, you know, that first part of the fight and then the second part didn't go so well he took a big shot and it's obvious that kennedy's got power and he put him away you know and he put him away with some uh nice shots it, the, the fight should have been stopped it was a good stoppage and nice win by kennedy yeah i thought kennedy did a great job i know i know the first round didn't go his way it was very no. very obvious and he was kind of uh stuck on bottom i think until towards the end and uh you know but John, it's it's extremely difficult to come back from a round where nothing went your way and just shake it off and say, you know, what? okay, I'm coming. I got I got to fix this. Short memories are good sure, things. I got to make sure I don't get taken down. I got to make sure that I keep my distance. You know, protect my hips. All of those things, and still let my hands go. So I start to win the round. He did a fantastic job. He did. He he did a great job. He shook and, off I mean, the first round like it was nothing yep. and came out and just did what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. In the second round, he did what he was supposed to do in the first. And when Kuta Laba couldn't get a takedown in the second round, you just saw, you just, it was almost like, remember when I was talking about Carla Esparza, how like she can't get a takedown, starts kind of wilt a little bit, starts putting her back to the fence, kind of like. Body language, you can see it. Exactly. And it, it ha- but it happened a lot quicker with Kuta Laba. Yeah. Um, you know, so it just, you could just tell he was stuck going, crap, if I can't get this fight back down to the ground, I'm in a lot of trouble. He expended a lot of energy in that first round, yep. controlling the top position. You know, when you're dealing with someone who's long, someone who's obviously very strong in uh, Kennedy, it's 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 difficult to hold them down. They're moving. It's, you're using a lot of strength to hold them in those positions. I thought Kutalaba, he did some good things, but as that fight, 
went on. He realized he wasn't going to get back in there. He wasn't able to get him to the ground, and he started taking the shots from distance. And he was he's the shorter. Oh, the length this, and reach is not the length by and a lot. distance was a huge factor in this. You start going. Th- I've been in those situations where you just go, man, how am I going to get to this guy's legs? <laughs> like, how do I get in there? But the way to get in there, John, is how? Go ahead. What? Do you, like, how do you get in there? You get, First off, you've got to do multiple things combined. You can't just shoot from that position. Now I'm yep. going to drop my head down and try to shoot into his legs. It's not going to work. You're going to end up in a bad position. So you've got to do three things. Let's Basic three things. i got to move my feet. I got to use my hands to create at least a distraction in that I'm throwing shots at you to get your hands up to protect you or to try to throw your throw a counter of your own and that will move me into the position where hopefully I can get a hold of your body and then start to work towards my takedown. It it all it all just comes to you have to throw. <laughs> you have to throw either kicks or punches. You've got to give feints to get them to react. You've got to do something. And I'm, I'm going to rag on my boy, too, a little bit. You know, uh, we'll get to the Bellator talk with Patricky. But I'm going to stay with the, the UFC right now because it was a very similar type situation when he just didn't know what to do. And you froze. You were stuck. You know, and in Kutalaba's case, he did great the first round. But in that second round, he froze. He's stuck. He started moving yeah. backwards, putting his back to the fence, just letting Kennedy dictate the shots and, and control the distance, which you cannot do against someone who's tall, long, and lanky. I mean, he's a big guy. He's a Six real five. Jeez, man. Six five. Yeah, I I have that problem, you know. <laughs> Gotta duck my head when I walk into rooms and stuff to get through the yeah. doorway. I get it. I get it. Look, um, but overall, like great performance by Kennedy. Showed a lot showed a lot. Yeah, and if you don't think he showed a lot, then you weren't watching. That's the biggest thing. I mean, like he there was a lot to take away from that. If I'm a promoter, if I'm a matchmaker, there was a lot to take away from that. So best of well, luck yeah. to him. Yeah, and I gotta on. give it to him like, he he's had a a couple of losses here, but overall, man, he's shown that hey, anybody can get touched on the chin and get put out, and that happened to him. But he has shown that hey, I'm not a guy that's going to stop. I can be put in bad positions, and I'll fight my way out of them. I'll work my way out of them to the point where I'm the guy doing the damage. And he's done that several times in the UFC. They got to look at him and go, hey, he's got a real shot at being somebody here, and he's got a great personality as far as he's he's not braggadocious but he's just very upfront about hey you know i'm working hard i'm doing these things he loves his coach you know at fortis mma he's doing a great job uh you know getting better all the time i think he's someone that eventually he's gonna be fighting for a title somewhere along the way he just needs to keep improving yeah he i i, I don't i'm not ready to say title yet but i'm ready to say like probably top eight top five somewhere in there i could see him getting up in there um, the other thing that we didn't bring up though, is that all the focus goes off of, off of the main car, the main event and goes on to them. That's oh, a yeah. big pill to swallow. And if you yeah. don't think so, I've fought in plenty of main events, but guess what? When I fought, when Matt Mitchell was supposed to fight Fedor in San Jose and my fight, Patricky got bumped to the main event. It fucks yep. me a little bit. I don't know if it's cause I was older or whatever, but like mental preparation goes into I'm the main event. It's a little bit different. Things just feel a little bit different. Mentally, you feel like you prepare a little bit different. But it was it's it's he did a great job of making the adjustments. I thought Kutalaba did a great job too if he came out and uh, exerted a lot of energy in the first. But they that's a lot of pressure to take into a fight. You know, Derek was a big name. Both these guys trying to fight for big names. 
And I thought I thought they did I thought they delivered in terms of their performances as as, as a main event. Good job by yeah. both of them though. Absolutely. No doubt so, about it. Next fight. Oh, we had Waldo Cortez Acosta against Chase Sherman. I look at this fight, man. And I, it's just look at Cortez Acosta undefeated still at this time. He's got good stand up. He he throws good shots. He he likes the uppercut. He he brings things to the inside a lot, throwing straight shots at times, looping shots at other. But Chase Sherman, man, you know you, people can say what they want. He's never going to be that guy. He's not going to be the guy that said, well, you know, it's ever going to be in the top 15. Not going to happen. He's tough as hell, though, man. You got to, you know, the guy's got heart. Uh, I hate to see guys that uh, there was a, a moment in that second round when he's almost turning his back away from kind yeah. of trying to run away from him. And then you're seeing him get, you know, sh take big shots. And, you know, he, look, he's doing everything he can. And you look and you go, oh, man, he's right at that point of could it have been stopped? Possibly they didn't. And, you know, he made his way all the way through it. Just a tough dude, though, man, because, you know, what? in the end, he was still throwing and he was going after him. And you could just see the look on his face coming from that second round. They were showing, you know, the, the camera was on him and you looked at his face and you looked at a guy that, man, you know, all the damage he was now taking again. I'm just worried about Chase Sherman and how much damage he does take. Because every fight, Josh, just about every fight he's in there, he takes a ton of damage. Yeah. And, and it adds up, you know. But, man, the guy's got heart. I, I take nothing away from him. It's just that Cortez Acosta is just a little bit, little bit better, a little bit faster, you know, a little bit better as far as the angles that he created to get the shots in he's not ready for the top people like he was calling out i guess you know telling Dana, you know bring me anyone you're not ready for that yet don't no, do it no. but you know good matchup it was good competition obviously you know acosta did win the fight but i gotta give it up for chase sherman he you want to talk about a guy that the ufc should you know say you know give a plaque to or something i don't know they just kind of take care of this guy comes in for them whenever you know, they they bump him off of fights. They bring him into fights. He's he is as good a company man as you'll get for the UFC. And you know, they're gonna drop him somewhere along the way here again, and then they'll try to bring him back because you know they need a heavyweight because heavyweights are, you know, not the not easiest easiest <laughs> commodity to have. But yeah. I just want to give it up for him. He's a tough dude. Yeah, I noticed that as well, John. For me, I feel like the issue is that he probably comes in in pretty good shape. But then he takes so much shot, it's like your power in a video game just goes yeah, down. Just diminishes. So that's one. Two is maybe he likes his coaches, maybe he doesn't. I don't know what the situation is. But he needs to learn how to coaches. move his he needs to learn to, to move his head offline. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. And when you move your head offline, you've got to throw back. So he he just stands straight up and down. He just takes the shot and then he just keeps coming forward. But being tough is one thing, but being smart is another thing. Now, I know sometimes you can't miss him, but you don't want to take the full shot, and that's what he's been taking. He just stands straight upright and just keeps his head in the center line, and he's just target practice. Now he, for me, he did. He was doing some good things in that first round. He should have kept yep. with the calf kick. Um, he did. You know, he was moving his head a little bit more when he was fresh, and 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 throwing more. But I think for him, a guy like him needs to start learning how to weaponize his condition and his cardio, because 
There was times when Waldo, when uh, what's his last name, uh, no, Cortez Acosta, Cortez Acosta, Cortez Acosta, he he gassed himself out on on Chase Sherman's face, and all he needed was a little bit more push. But he'd already taken so many shots, he couldn't give enough to do enough to to get back there and make him. Because you had Waldo just backing away, circling, going, "Man, I just." Blew out I my gotta, gas tank. I got to gain space and get some air here. Yeah, yeah, because I don't have it anymore right now, and now Shit. I could potentially be in trouble because he tried yeah. so hard. So if Chase is listening to this, man, just working on a little bit of head movement, Very take the um, Andre Ward approach. I want to be yeah. able to box, and I want to be able to take pretty much no damage. Moving your head offline, okay, and then countering with some shots and then making circling and sticking away. Those calf kicks were having a real big effect. He just didn't stick on him after the second round. He got away from him, and he I think he could have changed the game a little bit with that had he kept going after him. So he's got talent. He's got ability. Increase the cardio. He's definitely against got heavyweights. Toughness. And that's the thing, though, John. With good cardio, along with your toughness, you're yep. going to be hard to beat. Yeah. You're going to be real hard to beat if you if you start weaponizing your cardio. So let's just start getting you a little bit further than where you're used to being with the cardio, and let's start making you avoid a couple more shots so your power level can stay a little bit higher. If we could do those two things, good point. I think I think we could. I could, I don't see a reason why they would cut him. You know, I mean, no. he's showing his toughness, his grittiness, I and mean, he's showing things that you, we wish we had in almost every fucking fighter that we don't. Yep. You know, and that's the thing. So um, I agree with you, and I thought Waldo fought a good fight. You know, he made the adjustments as as needed. He fought and, exactly uh, how he should have fought. Yeah, but he's not ready for the for the no. and the he's not the steep A's. Oh he's not he's not ready for those guys. No, he's he's yeah. not. You know, I'm being honest. You know, they should put him. I, I hate to say this, and but because I love Andre Arlovsky as a person, <laughs> but they should they should put him against Andre because at least Andre will give him movement. Yeah. Andre does fight differently now. He doesn't just stand there in front of you and he, he he moves and he picks. It. And so let's see where he is. And I, I hate to say that, you know, Andre is kind of in that gatekeeper position can if you can beat andre you're maybe one of those top guys if you can't maybe you're not yeah. it seems to me that that might be a good fight for him yeah obviously get someone like a podcast dave but okay andre oscar <laughs> works <laughs> uh, all right next fight john man your guy andre fialo came out came out strong again muslim salikov <sighs> man you know the the kung fu panda is i call him because he's a real <laughs> kung fu guy it was, he's the king of kung fu salikov is just he's dynamic man and he really throws well at times his spinning attacks are so good and we talked about that coming in you know andre heard him in the first round really looked good you know going after him had him on his heels had him backing up and then boy did the fight change Coming into that second round, everything started to change. And then by the third round, you know, I, I know Andre was kind of looking like, you know, why are you stopping the fight? It's because you are a punching bag that looked like yeah. you were frozen. And I don't I don't blame uh, Chris Tagione at all. That was a good stoppage. Yep. And, uh, man, Salikov is, he's, he's one of those guys, he's fun to watch. Because mm -hmm. he really does have... A unique skill set that he you know you don't expect the things from him that you're seeing and he, he's fun to watch man and he, yeah. he landed a couple of those you know the spinning kicks that he landed and everything and the some of the kicks to the body that he oh. was landing on fialo i was like damn man. and you could see yeah. and you know man if you've been hit you could see it hurt fialo but he was hiding it well but he was like 
you know, and it's like, oh, dude, that, that hurts so bad. But uh, great performance by Salakov. I thought, you know, I know how tough Andre is. He was tough in this fight, but after the first round, he did not. He did not fight smart, Josh. He kept marching forward, but marching forward, eating shots, is yeah. not good fighting. Well, he trains at Killcliffe with yeah. another guy who doesn't fight smart at all, Michael Chandler. So maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's starting to bleed down to the rest of those guys. Um, I don't know. I love a lot of the guys at Killcliffe Gym. It's a fantastic gym. The coaches are fucking great absolutely coaches. amazing. Yep. Absolutely amazing. And um, I thought Andre fought a very good first round. Yes, he did. But with Andre, when Andre, I look at Andre like I look at most people that are are heavy hitters and fast and explosive. What happens after the first round? They start to just teeter, peter off. It just fall. Start, they just less output, trying to load up a little bit more. But why not use the, some of the wrestling that he has? Because he does have the ability fucked. to wrestle. He can fucking wrestle. I mean, you heard you heard what they were saying on the broadcast of DC said he had taken him to nice suplex DC. I didn't see that one, but I've seen I've seen him double leg DC a couple times, and I've seen him double leg uh, Luke Rockhold a couple yeah. times. I mean, like. And he's not a big guy. He's like maybe a tiny bit bigger than me. He's not a big no, guy. No, he's bigger than that, dude. No, he's not, John. No, yeah, I mean, you're not. You're not very big. I just want to. Tell I, you. No, I, I mean I'm getting you. older now, so I'm starting to shrink you. like yeah, you. You're starting to slouch. I'm starting you know? to shrink like you. I'm starting to shrink. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know? I'm shrinking. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, everywhere except yeah. my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, he he's not he's not an extremely big guy. I mean, his shoulders are probably a little bit taller than mine. And, you know, makes him a little t higher, but he's got longer, a little bit longer legs. But he's not a big guy, and yeah. but he possesses some big time power. He's explosive for sure. Uh, the jab was working for him. He just had to keep popping the jab, and then his combinations with his his hook, his hook and his right hand, fucking fantastic. Um, but you're right though. In the second round, Salakov was started making the difference. Johnson he was the spinning attacks. Is it really yeah. started to freeze Fialo because he just didn't have the explosiveness anymore to move out of the way or cover counter the it. distance to slide in or counter off of it. He was just, okay, let's just not get knocked out. Let's, let's cover and, take and brace for it. Let's brace yeah. for it. And, and then, you know, if I can hit you back, I will. But then the, some of those got underneath the, the elbows. And I could tell, you, like you could oh, tell, yeah. you were just like, oh, my goodness. Oh, that hurt. That shit had to hurt. Yeah. And he tried to wait. You know, he walked him down. He kept coming forward. And he's 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 tough. He's tough as hell. I've seen him in sparring. I've seen him, his nose get broken. He finished the round. And we were like, no, no, no you got to stop. He's like, oh, finishing the round. Uh, you know, I was like, no, dude, you got to stop. Fucking like a leaky faucet out here, just. <laughs> so, um, I mean, here there's two losses in a row after he exploded onto the scene. I think with three wins. It's hard to say. I mean, like no, he lost, he lost, he lost his first one. He lost his first one, yeah. Oh, that's right, event. that's right. He lost his first one, then he won two, fight, and then lost his, lost his fourth, yeah. right? He, yeah, he yeah. lost to Mikhail Pahaya. So. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, he could have, I, I feel like he could have beat him had he had a full camp. Could have. He could have beat him had he had a full a lot camp. Of problems. That, was like a, that was like a four-day or five-day notice or something like that, maybe even less. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that was a short, that was a short. Short notice fight. He brought him in, I like him, man. Yeah. Yeah, Andre's a great kid, man, super great kid, fun to be around. You know, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's, he's just a funny, he's a fun guy. We, we used to just rag with each other all through the camps when he was at AK. We had so much fun, man. That, during that, that niche, 
at the end of the when we moved from the Hillsdale gym to the new gym that we're at now, yeah. when we moved, that that we had so much fun. You still had Prangley, you still had Baroni, you still so it was a mix of them with the new up and coming guys that just they weren't quite comfortable yet talking shit. You know, Habib and Islam and them and the you know and some <laughs> other guys that were kind of coming up. They weren't quite comfortable talking shit. But as we started getting older and then they kind of started petering out because we had, you know, Gray Maynard, Tyson Griffin, and we had a ton of like old school guys. This new generation was coming in. They started kind of getting some, started getting ahead of us a little bit, you know, giving us a go. And it was like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> but it was just fun. It was it fucking, it, it was the way it, it is. Was, it was so much fun though, man. We had a blast. I, Still the, one of the greatest gyms ever, if not the greatest. Uh, what a fantastic gym. The, the performance, if you're going to look at performance of the night, the guy that really shined and, and just is continuing on with being fantastic. Jack Della Maddalena. Mm -hmm. Dude, he looked good. Danny Roberts is a good fighter. And he just ran through him, you know, in this. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know really what more to say. Della Maddalena is strong. He's got quick hands. He's everything. You look at him, you'll take a shot. And I love the. He's got the perfect fighter's nose, man. Mm -hmm. It goes flat with his forehead. <laughs> it doesn't stick out at all. You go. That's oh, a guy man. that you can you can punch in the middle of the face, and he just goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the guy. But the guy's good. He really does have talent. Yeah, I thought he fought a good fight. When you look at him, though, John, I, I don't. I look at him and I go. All right, cool, another fighter. But then you see what he does in there, and you're He's like, separating oh. himself, yeah. yeah, yeah, he is. And so, but I'm saying, like, when I first see him visually, oh, yeah. cool, another fighter. Then, like, when he's throwing his combinations, and you see what he's, you're like, eh, still just another fighter. But then the way it's touching, the way he's making, the way he's controlling the positioning, the the top position, whatever it is, he seems to be just making it work. And they have his opponents have no answers. Now those those. That will change as he fights tougher competition. Absolutely. And they will start remedying what he's doing. They, they will, will start... be hitting him back with things, and things will not come as easy. What they'll do is they'll start to actually pay attention to him because now he's making some waves. Yeah. And they'll start trying to break him down. And top-level fighters will see him and go, I can exploit that. I can exploit that. These lower-level fighters, they want to try to exploit what they think they can find on him, but they can't. <clears throat> he's the better technician. But when you get into the higher, the higher ranks, those other guys are going to be like, He's not taking me down. I got too good at wrestling, you know, and then when I get, if I do get taken down, I'm going to reverse him this way or this way. They start figuring out his little holes because they've started watching him now a little bit more often versus when he was a nobody. So good for him. He had a great performance, but John, for me, <clears throat> this next fight was probably one of the best fights on the card it was Char uh, Charles Johnson versus Zuma Gulaf. Okay. <clears throat> I thought it was, a, I thought it was a fun fight. It, it was, was such a, a fun, fun fight. fight. And I thought it they got it wrong. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay, and I, and I, and I kind of was rooting for Charles. I like yeah, Charles I Johnson. I've seen him before. He's really dynamic. He's fun to watch. I've watched Zuma Gulaf before. He's just a grinder, very tough. And so I was like, ah, it's kind of pulling for Charles. I thought Zuma Gulaf won the fight. Yeah. <clears throat> Sadly, he retired after the fight. Did he? Yeah. See, to me, that's almost like broken heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he comes back. I mean, I think he still has a lot left in the gas tank. He's older, though, right? What is he, 38, 39? How, yeah, how old is Zuma Gulaf? He's up there. Dave? Yeah. 
He's 38. Anyways, I thought Charles Johnson looked 34. 34. Oh, 34. Come back. What are you doing? Come on, dude. You got two, right we got two or three good more years, man. Yeah. That 36, 37 is kind of the breaking point. Yep. <sighs> what are you doing? I guess well, he got to figure he's got what? Two losses in a row now? Let me, let me see the three. The, three. three. Oh, my so God. He, so he lost to Manel Kemp on punches. Uh, Decision loss to Jeff Molina that a lot of people looked at was like, eh, split. And then now a split against Charles Johnson. So uh, that sucks. He's yeah. fun to watch, man, but he's only got one win and then he's got five losses, you know, in, in the UFC. Yep. Yeah. Poor guy. It's tough. Ah, that sucks, man. Uh, I loved watching him fight. He brings the action. It's fun. Uh, I thought Charles Johnson looked good. He in spurts. He's got a when he was feeling it, he was feeling it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When he wasn't feeling it, he was not feeling. He it. was not feeling it. So, <laughs> uh, speed of him, he reminded me a little bit like when I would spar with Tomas Dion. I was like, God, I hate this guy because when when Tomas had that that type of pep in his step and was bouncing around and just pot shotting you, fuck, I couldn't even. I, I was that like that. Couldn't get out that, of the way. I couldn't get to his legs. I couldn't get out of the way. I couldn't get to his legs. His, he was so fast that even when he fainted, I felt like I couldn't block it. So I just blocked the faint with my eyes. I blink. I just, <laughs> I just was hoping that it was just a faint and I would just blink as fast as I could to try and block the punch with my, with my blink. It was horrible, John. Like when you spar someone who's fast, people don't realize oh. how much it sucks because this, this it, is why when we, you know, we talk is you know how many times did i get my ass beat by someone super fast and it was like you know because i used to fight i used to spar you know all different weight you know and then it was you know, all you do is you don't hit as hard yeah you know you take some off but god damn when you when you, you you'd spar or go against guys that were fast it was like i want to hit you hard just so i can hit you once oh yeah <laughs> and it's oh, yeah. speed is so difficult to deal with because they're just able to move, you know, and, and they're gaining. It's like, it's like if you want to put on a football field, they're gaining yards that you're losing consistently mm -hmm. throughout this motion. And those little inches make differences in who's hitting who. We had a kid, I can't remember his name, but just a quick little story. Uh, we had a kid, his name was Reese something. I can't remember his name. Good, good fighter, 155 pounder, but he was 6'4". And he was smart. Yeah, so Hob was having him spar with Kane Velasquez, and all Hob wanted him to do was move his head offline because he had good boxing. So Hob he couldn't take Kane wasn't allowed to take him down, or if he did take him down, he had to let him right back up. You know, it's just really it was Kane's like fourth or fifth round. You know, he was getting ready for I think the Czech Congo fight. He was getting ready for a a kickboxer. I can't remember who else. Anyways, and so you had him sparring him, and it, Kane was getting peppered up. And this kid was just snapping the jab, six four long, just fast, bop 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 bop, fucking. And the first round ended of them working, and then so Kane and so then Hob had him go the second round. It was no longer than like twenty seconds. Kane just ran across the cage, 
arcade cage with the ring, picked him up, dumped him down between the fucking ropes, grabbed the ropes, and started fucking stomping him and kicking out of them or kicking him out of the ring. It's like <laughs> it was he was so fucking mad that frustration, baby. Because he wasn't allowed to hit him back. He was only yeah. supposed to be moving his head movement and then, you know, like pressuring him, you know, making him make a mistake and then grabbing him and then taking him down and then letting him up. So it wasn't like he was a lot he could do. And it was a twenty four foot ring or twenty two foot ring or something like that. So this kid was fucking running everywhere and Kane was just getting super mad. And when he would chase after him, he'd get hit more and it just made it even worse. So when he got a hold of him, man, he flung him down to the ground and he got him stuck in between the ropes because we used to spar in a ring all the time. And he stepped on the rope to hold him still just so he could stump his body. It was so funny. It was so mad. And Javier goes, Javier had to yell at him, Kane, Kane, no, 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 no. And then he finally just put his foot on his ass and just kind of kicked him out of the ring on off the, the ring apron onto the floor, which was like a good three and a half a foot good drop. Three and a half foot drop. Yeah. It was great. We all laughed, and we we were all laughing because we were all watching it because we were like, "Oh shit, Reese is putting it on Kane right now. What the fuck? What is going on?" And he wasn't happy. It's the worst when your your hands are tied. Your coach wants you to work on something specifically, and you're fucking getting your hit, and you're like. Well, I- like, oh, also, so- when you're not allowed to hit somebody yeah. and they know that, they can put themselves in positions that oh, normally they're not so going to be able to put themselves in because they'd be getting blasted. And yeah. now they're not because your whole thing is, oh, I'm just moving, defending. Well, that's what happened Big with difference. me and, uh, uh, fuck, Iron Iron Lady. Fucking, uh, oh, Jermaine, Geronimy. <laughs> she came in. I'd already sparred, you know, f- four rounds. She came in my last round. She's spitting back at me, jumped in the air, spitting back at me right in the fucking face. Just bam. I thought my nose was broken. Oh, I picked her. I fucking picked her up and slammed her and just started putting you know how you her. want photos of me? I want tape of that one. Oh, I want tape fuck. of that one. John, I was so mad. Uh, but to me, that fight was really good. Sad to see Zuma Gulaf go. Uh, it sounded yeah. like he announced his retirement on his uh, social media platform is what I read. So uh, hopefully hopefully he comes back. 34, it's not too late. He's a fun fighter. Um, the next fight, to be honest, John, I ha- I thought it was a fantastic fight as well. The Miraz and uh, Maya fight. Maya, fight? Maya looked fight. fucking fantastic. She looked clean. And as the fight went on, uh, Miraz started to find out and figure out the rhythm figure of it all. Figure out the range a little bit. Yeah, this she was having a hard time with the speed of yes. of my. I was surprised how oh, tight. Was more movement, the, just the the little sidestepping she would mm-hmm. do and her little head movement caused her problems. But she did a great job of throwing off those off that movement. Yes, she did. It's so funny. You get a lot of MMA guys. They they can move, but they can't throw off of that movement. And she was doing a great job of that. It was it was the fight was looking to shape up. That's a fight that I would like to have seen be five rounds. I'm going to be honest. I thought. I thought it was starting to change tides a little bit. They were starting to really settle in and let the combinations go. Maya I mean, won I, the fight. I, no, I know she did. I'm not Definitely saying won that. The fight. John, John, I'm not saying I'm just, that. Maya I'm won the fight. That. Okay. But it was it was a it was it was a good fight and I thought it was shaping up. Had they had another two rounds, it could have been a great someone could have got a good knockout, someone could have got a finish, right. but it, it was shaping different. up to be a good fight. Yeah. It was good. Both of them looked impressive. I want to give both of them credit. I mean, they didn't look tired at all at the end, you know. Uh, Maya sort of started a tiny bit like her combinations weren't coming out as clean and crisp as they were in the first Yeah, but Miraz was putting on a lot of pressure still had a good bounce in her step Miraz just needed to use her kicks more how are you so long and you don't use your kicks this was basically a boxing match between the two of them that's all it was Yeah, but you have to look and think about the fact that 
Miraz is looking at Maya, black belt in jujitsu. I I don't want to be. I can't be on my back. I don't want to be on the ground. So I'm gonna I'm gonna you know basically throw the kicking game out the door because I don't want to bring my you know foot up and get it caught. Now I'm on my back. So I understood why she was not doing it. John, can I ask you this? How come yeah. the female fighters don't use the calf kick? It's very rare you feel you the female fighters don't use it. Mm-hmm. Ladies, why are you not using this this weapon? I don't get it. It's <laughs> if you see that the, all the men are having such success and fights being stopped because of it, or you got that drop foot thing going on, like any of that stuff. You even saw it in the Charles Johnson fight. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I want to see. I want to see them start making that adjustment and that change. Because like like you were saying, Mirage didn't want to kick. Well, it's hard to get taken down when you throw that calf kick because it gets there and gets back yeah, before well, they can reach well. for the leg. And if they start reaching for the leg because you're hurting the calf, then you come upstairs to the head. So it, those little things make a huge difference on the outcome of how you change the direction of the fight and take away some of their weapons. Also, it's harder to shoot a double leg or shoot a takedown if that lead leg is tore up. That pressure you got to put on there, that explosiveness moving forward. So I would have liked to have seen her utilize her kicks not just that kick, but you can do push kicks up the middle if you're afraid to get taken down. She had the reach. She had the length on her in her legs. That push kick up to the face would have been fantastic. Uh, John, is there any other fights on this card you want to talk about? Yeah, the Ricky Tercios versus Kevin uh, Natividad fight. You got to give it up. That was a, a fun fight to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Tercios was tough as hell. Some great grappling exchanges. There was He took a couple of flying knees. It was like, God yeah. damn unbelievable you know if you're natividad man you got nothing to feel bad about that you fought a hell of a fight tough i thought it was you know that last bit you know mm-hmm. it, it it turned the, the tide for tercios and and he got the split i can understand it it was a, but it was a really good fight between the two of them so that's the one that you got to give it up for uh both guys in that i thought they both performed really well I also wanted to give a little shout out on a, a fantastic knockout on Natalia Silva. Great job. She looked great. You could tell she was, she throws everything with so much heat, so much, so much, Dude, uh, that's power. Back she, kick? Yes. But her boxing looked clean as well up until then, John. Her yeah. boxing was looking good. She was doing some good stuff. She had some great, uh, top pressure as well. She looked really good. That spinning back kick was money though. <laughs> money. Just money. That would, uh, that, that's exactly what it looked like when I got fucking kicked in the face by Jermaine Duran to me. <laughs> right there. She is. Yep. She fucking just, what? John, my nose, I fucking looked like uh, the other guy you just said, Della Maldonado or whatever the frick, man. My fucking face was flat for a week. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh. And uh, speaking of Jermaine, she's having a baby. Her baby's uh, her and her um and her partner. Hello? Hello. You got me? Okay. Your mic. I got you now. No, her, her I was and, like, I'm dead. Yeah, dead her in the water. And, her and her partner are having a baby. Well, so congratulations to Jermaine. So She's now, hold been, on. Is, is it Jermaine that is carrying no, the baby? Not, or no, is it's her not partner? Jermaine. No, it's her okay. partner. Well, congratulations no. to her. That's awesome. Jermaine is She's a sweetheart of a person. Oh, it's Jermaine that's carrying the baby. It is Jermaine. Sorry. Sorry. God sorry. damn, dude. You're wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. Sorry. Great picture. Great picture. Look at that. Dog, love that dog. dog. She is such a sweet. She's such. She is a wonderful. What I love. What I love about her, John, is she can talk shit with the guys. She (laughs) will fuck you up. She will fuck you up by talking shit. She is fucking hilarious, man. 
she's, she's hilarious. She's, she's a good person. Congratulations to her, man. So, all right, let's go to uh, Bellator two eighty eight. Let's go, baby. Let's start with the main event. You got Vadim Nemkov versus Corey Anderson. John. Look, it was a good fight. You know, people are going to sit there and say all kinds of stuff. I don't think people are going to say anything. I think people thought it was a good fight. I, well, I don't think anyone's... Say, I don't, they're going to say something say. about Corey. You know, oh, he didn't get it done. You know, he was, you know... Hey, when you talk about good fighters, a different day makes a, sometimes a big difference. And you got to give it to... Corey attempted 15 takedowns. 15, Josh. Yeah. You know what that takes to try to attempt those. And we, you know, after you miss three, four, five, no matter what, in your head, you're starting to go, oh, shit. And he didn't he didn't have that approach. He just, I'll get the next one. And he kept working for it. But you got to give it to Nemkov. He came in a different fighter. He didn't gas. He was able to control those clinch situations. He was able to do some good things to stop what Corey is great at. And that made a difference in his card. Look, I, I thought that, you know, if you were going to look at this going into the third, fourth, fifth round, we've seen Vadim get tired. You know, we saw him in the first match with Corey. He was tired. And it was like, well, that's that's going to be when Corey's turning it on. <clears throat> Man, Vadim just looked fantastic throughout it. He just kept coming. He was able to, you know, nullify Everything his counter, you know, Corey Anderson is a great counter striker. Vadim out counter struck him throughout it, you know. And uh, I just you got to give it up to him as far as how he controlled the range for a lot of the fight, how he was able to take and nullify the wrestling of Corey Anderson. You know, I thought Corey fought a tough ass fight, and you know, by the end, man, he had taken a, a lot of damage, a lot of shots. His leg, you talk about the leg kicks, and one of the things you know, we had talked about is. Hey, Vadim in that first fight, first round, was touching Corey with leg kicks and it was making a difference. And he's got to go back to it and he's got to make it happen. He did go back to it. And he did control a lot of what was happening through those leg kicks and he did a lot of damage to Corey's leg. Corey was, you know, when you saw him afterwards, walking was not a good, uh, you know, time for Corey. He was feeling every yeah. step. <clears throat> yeah, I think... <clears throat> John, you you and I were in the fighter meetings, and the question I asked Corey was, "You were seconds away from winning a million dollars, becoming the light heavyweight world grand prix champion. Do you do you have any regrets?" This was during the week. He's yep. like, "Absolutely not. No, I have none." John, at this moment right now, he's got regrets. Uh, yeah, um, yes and no. I understand. A million what you're dollars. Saying. A I million dollars. You're saying. I understand what you're saying, and I and I, like I said, yes and no. Corey's a different. He's a different individual. He is not the guy. He's yeah, he's not, not as a, rich. He's not as rich as he would have been. That type of different individual. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> but you know, look, Corey is very happy with what he's making. You know, fighting for Bellator. No, hold on. You're missing the point. I'm not <laughs> saying that that million dollars wouldn't have been very nice to put into his bank account, but. He's not a publicity seeker. He's not a uh, he's not a celebrity hound. He, this guy is, you know, he, he's a backwoods. I like to go hunting. I like to spend time with yeah. my family. Down to earth, dude. I love the guy. He's funny. He's he comes up with great lines throughout <laughs> when you're talking to him, and he's tough as hell. And and I think you know, 
it's one of these we're gonna see these guys fight again you know it's gonna but that's happen. my that's my point yeah. That was my point to begin with. Like, I would have rather fought the million, taken the million dollars, and I know it's not the he way you want to win. I get it, John. But no, here's the thing: he brought yeah. the attention to it, which took, which caused that fight to be stopped. And the, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, who was the ref Frank, that did that? Frank Trick. Uh, Frank Trick. Frank Trick. He goes fight. He goes keep fighting. That yes. fight would have ended. That fight would have ended because they would have went to the scorecards. He was winning on the scorecards. And he would have won. He would have won the million dollars. No. Now, they would have done them. Th- no? Mm. Oh, then how would the? Uh, so you're saying that it wouldn't have? See, this is where people make mistakes. And, and I'm telling you right now, they're, they're going, they're trying to change the wording on it. But the rules for, the unified rules for when a fight can stop is the fight must enter the third round of a three-round fight. The fight must enter the fourth round of a five round fight. So that would have been the end of the third. Now, I'm, and I'm not saying that it couldn't have gone to where they make it to where they go to the judges' scorecards if, and this is if, Frank Trigg did certain things. I'm not too sure that he was going to do those things. I'm not too sure that he understood that he would need to do those things to make the fight enter the fourth round because it would have had to have entered the fourth round for them to then go to the scorecards, score what portion of the fourth round you saw, even if it was really no action at all. So the judges will go 10-10, but it's got to enter it. And right now they're trying they're, they're trying to change the wording on that so it's no longer that has to complete the second round of a three-round fight, has to complete the third round of a five-round fight. That's the wording they're trying to go to. It, you know, I'm sure you know that will eventually take place, but... For this fight, it would have been had to enter the fourth round of a five-round fight, and it was not entering that yet. So, no, I understand that. But then you and I have had these discussions before about how how this all goes down. The fighter goes back to the corner. The cut guy puts the cleans it all. He cleans it up, puts Vaseline or before the doctor. He they clean it up, they put it on there, and then they get ready to start the round. Mm-hmm. The round starts, and the ref calls time, and then they yeah. bring the doctor in to okay, look hold on. again. And this is. How does the referee, this is where you know, referees have a lot of power within certain elements of the fight. And it's under it's an understanding of, do I put this in a position where it cannot go to the judges' scorecards and we're going to call it a no contest? Or do I mm-hmm. put this in a position where we're going to go to the scorecards based upon we've had three rounds of fighting and what's, and truthfully, you look at this and you say, okay, what is best for the promotion, if it's if it's Bellator in this situation, what's best for Bellator? If it's the UFC in certain situations, what's best for the UFC as a promotion, and what's best for the fans? Did the fans see a fight? Yeah, they saw a fight. So you can sit there and say, "I am going to take this. I'm going to let them work on him. I'm going to let the, all that that take place, and then I am going to get everybody out. I'm going to start the fight and then go time. Get back to your corners. Bring in the doctor." I just started the fourth round. Now the doctor comes in and goes, fight cannot go on. Cut was caused due to an unintentional clash of heads. That's a foul. So now instead of it being a TKO, we're going to go to the judges' scorecards. I'm going to have the judges score the fourth round, which they saw nothing in, which is going to be a 10-10 on every judges' scorecard. So really we're going off the first, second, third round, which is a complete fight for most fights. 
and whoever was winning on the judges' scorecards would be awarded the winner. You can do that. But it could also be where he goes and he goes, he brings in the doctor in between the third and the fourth round. Yes. The doctor goes, can't go on. He has not started the fourth. He goes like this with his hands and we have a no contest. That's what I was going to ask you. Would, <clears throat> were the circumstances be different because it was from a, a clash of heads, an illegal blow, which is accidental, Absolutely. obviously. Yeah, that accidental. Frank Trigg would have said, hey, doctor, come in now. We're ruling it right now. It was a headbutt. They caused the cut, and then boom, it would have been over. So that's what I wanted to know. Or if Trigg would have went, okay, let, the, let them clean it up the best they can. Maybe put some Vaseline on it. Okay, let's start the round. Boom, timeout. Bring the doctor in. Then the fight's See? over. We don't know. <clears throat> got it, got it, got it. So I just wanted to clarify all that because I know, for look, for myself, John, I mean, you know, I've been a fighter for 20 years and, you know, and I still don't know the damn rules. And <laughs> most and we people also, don't know, understand those things and they don't, it doesn't make sense to most people. They're like, there's no difference. It's no, just because of verbiage yeah. in the rule set and how you work within it. Well, just all the little nuances on how to how it can be handled. Like you said, yes. a, a referee has a lot of control in that situation That's that right, could give the fight to one person or the other. You know, and um, well, you're not giving the fight. It's not you're not you're not, not giving the fight. They fought the fight. What you're doing is saying, all right, what is it best for the if the UFC has a championship fight, and this is a big fight between two people, and we've seen three rounds of a fight. Is it best for it to end up a no contest? Sometimes it might be based upon the type of foul, but sometimes is it best for it to actually go to a decision? Is it best for it to, to for the referee to go DQ? Yeah, probably not because now it's the referee deciding exactly who's going to win. That's when the referee's deciding who's going to win. It would be better to go to the people that are supposed to judge who should be the winner of this. All right, we'll go to those scorecards because that's actions that that's occurred. And we'll say who's the winner. That's usually going to be your best way of handling it. I don't want to take anything away from Nemkov. But if I'm Corey Anderson and as the fight's going on and I'm not getting takedowns and I'm getting peppered with my legs and my and some combinations, it's a snowball effect. I'm losing this fight. I could yeah. have already made this money. I should have already won this tournament. And it just mentally starts to wear on you. Now, Corey never looked in the moment where he was like beaten. No. He just you, but it looked like he was frustrated. Yes, and he couldn't get a takedown. He was sweaty, and it got harder and harder as the fight went on. He wasn't getting yeah. deep enough. I believe on his last like a couple takedown attempts, he didn't even get to the hips. He yeah. didn't. Even, his arms didn't even really get there. <clears throat> yeah. And it's a it's a tough situation to be in. You've got to be thinking back, man. This is what I get for being a good person. <laughs> you know, sometimes good guys don't finish first. No. It is and just that, the, the truth of the matter, but because you, you, John, but but you also got to give it and, and take a look at the situation with Nemkov, and and you, and you you were the guy that actually asked him in the fighter interviews, and you brought it up, say, hey, you know that fight occurred very close to when Russia and Ukraine yeah. started a conflict. How much effect did you have? And he said, he goes, look, I live sixty miles from the Ukrainian border. I have a lot of friends there. It, it bothered me a lot. And, and and he's also, this was a guy that was part of the Russian military for a while. You know, he, he's, it, it, these things have an effect. You know, fighters are not soulless 
And it's not that they don't have feelings. They do. And these things can affect you. And, and he said, look, it affected me a lot. Also, the fact that my fight was put off and it seemed like I was in training forever. He goes, I overtrained. Okay. So he had multiple <clears throat> things that, you know, affected him in fight. And it only takes one thing to be the difference maker in a fight between really good fighters. Yeah. And I thought, let's, you know, let's give it up for Corey. First fight, yes, I believe he was winning that. Second fight, man, he fought his ass off. Let's give it up for Vadim. Tough as hell. You know, was putting up with a guy that was mauling him in the first one. The cut happens. It wasn't his fault. It was both of them moving simultaneously and Corey coming down into his head. So, you know, it's not like he created it. He didn't cause it as far as Vadim. And he came out in the second one and he did the right things, Josh, and he went to the right places. He decided, I'm going to leave right now where I always train yeah, and I'm going to be away from my family because there's things that I need to work on to beat this guy. He did that and those things worked for him and that's why he beat him. Yeah, you got to think <clears throat> the MVPs really go to the American top team. <clears throat> oh, yeah. The adjustments that he had to make uh, with Johnny Eblen, Dalton Rasta, uh, Amosov's not there right now, but he's, I think he's trickling back there coming up here soon. You know, and uh, Austin Vanderford and all those guys that were there training with him. They were they were the ones working with him on the constant grind in terms of the wrestling pre pressuring him pushing him. I heard a lot of a lot of things that really opened my eyes about Johnny Eblen, you know, and how he how well he was doing with Nemkov and how the two of them were training and and how one was good at this area and the other one was good at this area and they were having success we, in here and here. We had guys telling us, "Hey, dude, I was stopping my training. You you wanted to, to yeah. watch rounds? They go, it was unbelievable watching those yeah. guys." And you go, yeah, I've been in, I've been in the gym. <laughs> same as you're talking about. How yeah. many times have you all of a sudden you stop your training because all of a sudden these two guys are going and, and they're going? Yeah. And you go, oh, this is good. Yeah. yeah this, is, this is a freebie I get to watch. And so, yeah. And you got to give it up for Conan Silvera. Look at Marcus Silvera has turned into a dynamite coach, man. Yeah. We're talking about a guy that really works well with his people. And, and he, Vadim said, man, he was a huge help to me. Yeah. He was in his corner. Yeah. Sometimes when you sometimes when you go to a new to a new gym, you don't always have their coaches in your corner. Nope. He already had Fedor and he had his you know and his some some of his other past coaches there. He he, he probably didn't need Conan, but he felt hey he gave me so much advice and helped me so much throughout the camp. I gotta have him. Yep. And he had him and I felt like him being ATT was a big difference maker, huge difference maker. So. And that gym is just known for breeding the best guys, man. The best guys. Fantastic. So good stuff on him because it's not easy to go to another gym and do a full camp there and expect to have a good performance. And he That's did right. it. He did a great job. Next fight. Next fight, Patricky Pitbull, the lightweight champion taking on Uzman Nurmagomedov. One way, one way road on this one. Patricky did not in any fashion look like the Patricky that we've seen. He, he did a couple of things as far as he tried to wait and just, you know, wait on Usman, which you cannot do if you're Patricky in this situation. Again, certain fighters, certain styles, length and everything. You've got to change what you do at times to give you the opportunity to be able to be successful offensively against your opponent. Yeah. Usman Nurmagomedov, we said, you know, at at distance, if Patricky tries to fight him at distance, he is in trouble. Well, Josh, we were proved correct because yeah. he tried to fight him at distance and he was in trouble throughout it. He just took 
shot after shot. Usman lit him up with the kicks. And I mean, he, you want to talk about a, a clinic on throwing a variety of kicks throughout a fight. Take a look at this one. He hit him with everything, everything you could think of in the kicking department. Beautiful job of transitioning at times to the takedown. And when he got to the takedown, like he didn't just sit there and freaking control position and stuff. He lit him up. That second round, he if there was more time, and I mean 15 seconds of time, I think that fight would have been over. Yeah. You know, and uh you just gotta give it up for a guy at now 16 to no. Yes, he's young. At 24, god damn, he's young. You know, to be a champion in MMA at 24 is amazing. But the kid is polished. You gotta just look and go, man, his stand-up is good, his wrestling is good, his ground positioning is good. He may not be, you know, the top submission guy out there, but he's got good submissions. He oh, yeah. understands the submission game. At 24, for how well-rounded he is and how he puts it all together, hats off, man. The dude is a stud. And here's the thing, though, John, is that they haven't even seen... Yeah, he's only going to get everything yet. They haven't seen everything yet, you know. And he's just getting better, and he's going to continue to get better. <clears throat> You've got you got Islam, who's getting who's jumped leaps and bounds in his his confidence and his abilities, and you see it's trickling down. Usman, the same thing, has now jumped so much since the last time I've seen him training and trained with him. Uh, little Umar. I was just goofing yep. around with him in the gym, you know, know. one of the <laughs> one of the nights there, and it, it was like he grabbed me. I was like, "Oh man, you you became a man. You've changed." Like, <laughs> like from the Seattle show when we were in Seattle two months ago to now, when I went to ground, I was like, "God damn, you're filled out. Like you're big now." Yeah. He grabbed me, and it was it was like, "Okay, I, I'm I'm clinching with a man right now." But he didn't have that before, and so it was like, okay. So I feel like so I had that that big brother on him. No, I'm the old man now. <laughs> it's, it Welcome was, to the club, baby. Welcome to the club, man. They are that just. Sucks. John, I walked into that gym at ten fifteen at night. I think it was on Thursday, and they're they're all in there. I posted the video of them. It's him yeah. and Islam, uh, Mamadoff, those guys. They're all in there just riding the bike. Ten o'clock at night, Good. you know. And uh, Abu Bakr is getting a lift on with Ali, and they're just. They're just hanging out, and it makes you realize, like, John, you and I spend some time at the bar usually at night, just, you know, hanging out, telling stories, meeting with everyone. These guys are in the gym working out, lifting. Yep. They're getting their cardio on. They're doing whatever. Like, if they're just there. And there's they're not they're not crushing it. They're not sprinting. They're just cruising at a nice pace for an hour. You, If, you, if people want to know why they're so good, they don't drink. They don't hang out at the clubs. They don't go chase tail. They don't do any of that stuff. That, that when your focus is your one goal, you're gonna be pretty hard to beat, man. You're gonna be pretty. I I look at guys like Kobe, Jordan, uh, you know, Tom Brady, going through what he's going through with his wife. But is football or me? Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's this these guys. They're like they don't have to make those choices. It's like no, this is it. This yep. is it. Like this is what I'm doing. And uh, and it shows. It shows in, in the levels that they jump, leaps and bounds. So good stuff by Usman. Let me, I'm looking let me, for... Let yeah. me ask you this, though. You were there, so you would have an idea. This is where you take a look. Now, Usman and Islam 
worked out together in Abu Dhabi for a long time before Islam's fight with Charles, Usman's fight with Patriki. So obviously, you know, training wise and everything, they're they're you know doing their thing. Islam is twenty is thirty one years of age. Mm-hmm. Usman is twenty four. Usman at twenty four is better than Islam was at twenty four. I'm not saying that he's he is at Islam's level at this moment. He's not, but he's they fight different. It's the ground that is the controlling factor for Islam. But at twenty four, if I go if you go back and I watch Islam, good, made a lot of mistakes at times and stuff, was young, you know, and you take a look and stuff. Usman is more polished at 24 than Islam was. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay, go ahead. The the reason and the reason why I'm saying this is that the difference is is I thought I thought I think Islam was the better grappler. I also think that he wasn't There's the no better. Stri- He's still the better grappler. No, but he was. I'm saying <laughs> maybe wasn't as confident on the feet, but he was still good on the feet. Not even close. I didn't say it. I said he wasn't as good on the feet, but I said what the confidence wasn't there either on the feet. But he was good on the feet. Islam was good on the feet just because he got knocked. Everyone keeps going back to the one time he got knocked out. I'm no, like, I'm not, I'm not going back to the one. Time I get, I get that, out. but I'm saying, but th- that's that's the lead up. Oh, he's not as good on the feet because of that. Well, no, it's not because of that. That's all people remember. His he was good on the feet. He was really good on the feet. And as time went on, his confidence grew. Now. This is where the difference is. And this is where I believe the difference is. Habib and Islam were the ones paving the way. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were the ones having to do all the work and build the confidence and lay the way to say, hey, hey, young guys, it can be done and we're showing you we're doing it this way. There was a lot more pressure on these two guys than it is for Umar, Usman, all the other ones that are coming up behind him because they already know that the format that these guys have, have laid works. They just got to keep doing it. So they didn't need to deal with all that of like, God, this is uncharted territory. Okay, what I'm doing is going to get it done. That's a lot. Confidence-wise, these young guys, they're super confident because they got they got the two fucking two. they've uh, seen it. They've seen it be done by their family. Okay. Not even like, oh, like my friend of a friend did it. This is how he did it. No, no, no. They were in there in the gyms with them as kids following them around going, oh, and then now they're champions. They're being 29 and 0, best, you know, most dominant UFC champion ever. And then Islam now getting a win, submission win, calling him, basically saying, I'm going to submit him. And then he submits him. Usman understanding that that's exactly what happens when you do the things that they are doing. And he's seeing the same type of success. These two paved the way for the young guys. The young guys have, they can walk around with that, that confidence because they know, Habib, my cousin, and Islam, one of my best friends, my family, my brother, whatever you want to call him. These two they guys. Call him his brother. Yeah, they did it. They did it. They did it already. I know that they, they can do it, and I know how good I am with them. When people say, oh, because I had, I had a ton of people go, and I was one of them. I was concerned that he might have done too much for this fight. Like in terms of he didn't fight enough top-ranked guys. This might be biting off more than you can chew. And it wasn't that I didn't think he could beat him in the wrestling and the grappling, and I thought he could stand with him on the feet. I was concerned that he would get lulled into that, into that like that sleepy mode, like like Hermes Franca used to do to people. He would just wait and wait and wait and wait, and then all of a sudden he'd explode and knock you out. That's what Patricky does. He's gotten to the age now at 36 where he waits and waits and waits, and Usman has a tendency to sometimes back away with the chin in the air. I got I got nervous of that. Now that the fight's over, I can say this. 
I got nervous because of that because I know Patricky can lull you in and explode fast. He's a lot faster than people think. He's like that that wounded lion just hangs out, hangs out, and then all of a sudden you're fucking your lunch meat, you know. And so I was worried about him at 24 and not fighting a top 10 guy. He proved me wrong, and I'm happy for him. He's got a tough task in front of him now with everyone else. I think Tofik has already been kind of announced to be next, is they've been talking about. And so if that's the case, I think they have fight. that fight or they have they put them both in the in the tournament and possibly match them up. I think they're the first fight in the tournament. Really? I hate that. I think they're the, I think they're the first fight in the tournament. Yeah, because he's number he's number one. I th- I think they're going to end up being the first fight in the tournament because you also got Alexander Shabley, then you've got Primus, you've got all these other guys that are in that mix. So uh, and then you've got uh, Robotanov, you know the other the other one that comes from Habib's camp. Yeah, but, so but Godzi doesn't want to fight Usman. No, he doesn't want to fight him, and they, they, I don't even know if they're going to put him in the tournament. You know, they're I think they're only going to take eight. They're not going to do more than that. It's too many. So I think um, <clears throat> I don't know. Well. Look, I, overall, he fought a very good fight. Usman did. I don't want to say Patricky just got thrown off. It was the long length of the kicks, the snap kicks. They're a different type of kick. Like when you, when certain fighters throw head kicks, they throw it fast. And they want to hit it up there hard. He just throws it as a snap. Yeah. But because he's a big guy, he's he said five eleven, but I think he's six foot. He's a he's kind of a big guy for fifty five. But he's he's got that strength about him, a little bit like that swick strength that doesn't seem strong, but it's that wiry strong. So when you, he grabs a hold of you, you're like, oh, okay. And the way he transitioned some of those takedowns, John, I was like, oh, you didn't used to wrestle this good. And you can tell that it's coming through. Yeah. So uh, good for him. Good stuff. Looking forward to seeing him fight again. Then you've got uh, Timur Hizriev. Hizriev. There, you said that very well. <laughs> I guess Daniel Weichel. I was I was a little concerned for Hizriev because the experience of Daniel Weichel. But where I wasn't concerned was he has speed. He mixes it up really well. He can wrestle. He, he you know he can put it all together. He puts it all together very well, and he never gets tired. I would like to, and I understand why it's first fight in Bellator against Daniel Weichel, who's got 56, 50, 56 fights now. I would have liked to have seen Hizriev open up a little bit more. Take a couple more chances. But because it was his first fight, yes. I understood. You're finding the number seven ranked guy. Dan Weichel was very experienced. A guy who's causing you some problems just with the technician. way he's. Yep. I, I don't have a problem with it. I actually thought Israel actually fought a good fight for his first mm-hmm. fight in a new promotion. Fighting a guy that's very difficult to fight. Yep. A guy with a ton of experience. Very good on the ground. You know, And, and Israel showed that Everyone looks, you know, Usman did the same thing. Everyone looks at, oh, they see Dagestani fighter. The first person they're going to go to is Habib, and they look at his yeah. style, smash, maul. These guys are not like that. They can. They can do it, but they like to be in the stand-up, and Hizriyev likes to be in the stand-up. He comes from more of the Zabit style of fighter, you know, where they use a ton of spinning attacks, a lot of, you know, flashy stuff but they're good at making it land they're good at you know what they do and they're fast yeah and to me that was the big i thought daniel weichel for 37 years of age or so i thought he actually looked fast i I thought he he just didn't look as fast as history of you could just see the dis the distance i mean difference and uh look it's the future yeah history of is one of those guys so 
Daniel James, the American Predator. God, I like this guy. He's so fun to be around. He is a huge man going against Tyrell Fortune. Tell me what you thought. I thought that he is so big that Tyrell needed to fight a very smart fight. And he made one mistake. Got He got knocked off balance. And from then on, it was all over. You and I had said in the in the lead up, I think in the midweek show, that he, Tyrell Fortune can't afford to be on bottom. Nope. And he was on bottom long enough for the ref to stop the fight. That's it. <laughs> That's it. when you have a guy who's cutting twenty pounds Basically just to twice. get to heavyweight. Yeah, he's cutting yeah. weight. He's cutting weight to get to to get to heavyweight. Then he gets there, and he's not a, he's not a slouch. No, he's not he's a not fat. Sloppy. He's not no. sloppy. He's not fat. He's not like someone that's just like just there to be there. No, no, he's he's fucking big, man, and yeah. he's a local celebrity there, man. Like he's a local, you know. I mean, like it, it's that crowd got behind him. He walked out. He got the biggest pop all night for sure, hands oh, down, yeah. hands well, down, and, biggest pop. And and let's take a look. And this is if do me a favor, Dave, pull up Daniel James's record because I watched all of his uh, fights from ACA. And you know, and you look, and he had uh, his first fight was back in 2021 against Daniel Omolunchuk, and I watched that fight, and he lost a, a, a decision there. He didn't lose that fight, mm. you know. And so every one of them, and this is what happened with ACA, they brought him back. Look, no Eastern European country is bringing an American over there to win. They are trying to get you beat, mm-hmm. and when they you put him against uh, Tomas. Uh, Pat, I can't say it. Pactunicus, mm-hmm. he, you know, destroyed him. So then they bring in a guy from Brazil. Boom, he beats him. They bring in another guy that is one of their big guys now, one of their their rank guys, and he beats him. And you look and you go, look, this is not why they bring him there. And it was the one thing that I saw. He, in my opinion, was very Derek Lewis like. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see Derek Lewis this week, but he was very <clears throat> Derek Lewis like in that. First off, he was actually better at the defensive wrestling than Derek Lewis. He was better at keeping people from taking him down than Derek was. But when he got on top, he did damage. And you know, just like Derek does, he's got so much power that you can only take a couple of shots. And when this whole thing, you know, played out, when Tyrell Fortune got hit with that uppercut in the second round, first off, that thing landed clean. Yeah, it landed right on the button, and Tyrell was actually frozen. You know, I'm not saying out, but frozen as he's falling backwards. And then he gets on top of him, and you know, Tyrell putting a hand there to try to block. You know, he's getting blitzed, and you've got to move, and he wasn't moving, and the fight got stopped, and it should have been stopped. And I know Tyrell was, you know, uh, upset, you know, with everything that occurred and stuff, and. You can't, you can't be upset. And those, you, sometimes you think you personally at the time you think I'm okay, but you're not moving and you're not yeah. doing anything <clears throat> to stop a guy that is clubbing you, you know, in this fashion. Daniel James, great win, came in. The, his first first win of his professional career was in Bellator. He got a win as a prelim. He comes in, you know, in the main card and he gets a win against a guy in Tyrell Fortune. And you know, he's calling people out. I like that. He's fun. He's a fun guy. He's gonna be fun. He's he's uh we in the fighter interviews. <laughs> he can talk. Oh, he can talk. He can yeah. talk. Yeah, they they great. were they were texting us going, okay, hey, we got we have like 
you know, all the other fight. We got everyone. We got to steal. He was, I think, our first one. Yeah. They're like, hey, 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 time, yeah. time, time. And we we're like, we're just, we're, we, he, he's still answering question number one. Dude, I asked him, <laughs> that was two questions. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> I, he I was him. so nice for yeah. such a big guy. He's like a big teddy bear. Just a great guy. I'm Until excited to, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to see him fight again. Yeah. All right. Uh, to me, fantastic fight. Uh, Levon Chokele versus uh, Roman Feraldo. John, it really came down to who was the better mixed martial artist. Yes. That's Absolutely. what it came down to. Yeah. And, yeah well, it was that Levon Chokele, and he said, he goes, look, he goes, people don't give Georgians enough credit in wrestling. He goes, I'm a stand up guy, but I'm a wrestler. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I'm going to prove that. I am going to show, I'm going to wrestle him at times. I'm going to put him in bad positions. I'm going to take his power away, and I'm going to beat him up. Yeah. He did that. Yeah. He, the wrestling was a difference maker. He fought a, he fought a smart fight. He fought a good fight. He is, he's fantastic on the feet. You know, he is, he's got good wrestling. It just wasn't Kyle Kutchmer wrestling when he wrestled, when he fought Kyle Kutchmer. Kyle, Kyle understood what he had to get done. Kyle would have been in trouble had he could, not been able to get the takedowns. Because yep. on the feet, Levon Chokley's a dog. Oh, yeah. And so, Feraldo is someone who is undefeated, never gone past the second round, not, uh, eight wins, eight knockouts. I mean, just there was high expectations for him to have a highlight reel knockout. And then Chokley just understood what was at stake. He's like, look, all I got to do is just keep you guessing. I can stand with you. He, he could stand with him. He showed that. Yeah. But he also understood, I've got to keep you guessing. If I wrestle a little bit, if I faint a little bit, if I chase submission a little bit, you're always worried about what's next. And it made it easier for his job to get that fight to the ground or to land his key shots to get the fight to the ground. John, the, I thought both of them fought well. I had some knucklehead media people um, talk about... Uh, uh, Dave, can you... Don't even pull it up. I, I'll, I'll just say what he said. Okay. There's knucklehead media people who are going, oh, this is the problem with Bellator. They get you all built up on their young talent. And then, you know, and because they don't fight anybody tough, then they get into, into the main card. And this is what happens, which is so I know funny. Who you're talking you can, about. Yeah. <laughs> what an idiot. But then again, I didn't hear that same. I didn't hear that same guy say anything about Usman, who had never fought a ranked opponent, but yet is now fighting for the title. You didn't say shit then, but now you're all of a sudden because... You think that one guy had a bad performance, first time on the main card, first time fighting someone, you know, who I don't even know if Chokley's ranked, okay, but it was fighting someone of a good level. Of, no, of, but Chokley came into Bellator undefeated. Now yeah. he had, okay, I, I believe he was 9-0 and when he came in, and it was 9-0-1 because there was a no contest there. I watched that fight. It was, he knocked the guy out. It was a legal blow, and the ref, referee called it illegal and and mm. no contest to fight. And it was like, what are you, what are you doing? But okay, whatever. So he would have been 10-0 and 0 coming into Bellator. Yes, he, he fought Kyle Kretschmer. He didn't have his coach come with him. That caused him some problems too. No, nothing yeah. against Kyle. Kyle did what he was supposed to do, fought a great fight, got the win. And then Levon made a mistake against a guy that we've seen. You know, Yamauchi is a submission freaking yeah. master. The guy is phenomenal as far as submissions, and he's been fighting so well lately, and he caught him in an armbar. Okay. That shit can happen when you're fighting very good people, so 
you can look and say, yeah, Chokely has fought those good people in, you know, he fought the Yamauchis, he fought Kyle Kretschmer, they saw that in Bellator. Well, Feraldo, when he started in Bellator, was what? 4-0, 3-0? Something like that. And you, you have two paths, and, and, you know, people need to figure this out. There are two different paths that a fighter can take. You want to make big money, guess what they're going to do with you? They're going to put you against better competition in the beginning. Or they're going to say, if you want to take a little bit less, we'll help build you. We'll give you competition that matches up with you or that, you know what, you probably are a little bit better than and will help you gain experience. That's what they did with Roman Frollo. He's still good. Yeah. He's just in that position where he needs to work on one aspect of his fighting style, and that is... The wrestling part. I got to stop the wrestling. I got to stop the takedown, or I've got to be able to get myself up off of the mat if I get taken down. The submission part, he may never be the great submission fighter, but, you know, he can always add that to the, you know, that repertoire into his toolbox that also, well, not if you take me down, I'm going to be dangerous. But he's never going to be a Goichi Yamauchi off his back. That's not the kind of fighter that he is. He's a power guy, he's got that knockout power. So, Stop the takedown, or if the takedown happens, here's how we get back up so you can go back to what you do best. But yeah, this was the best fighter that he has fought so far. It is. There's no doubt it's the best fighter he's fought so far, but my point was was that no one complained when Usman, when the media was talking about Usman getting the title shot, which I think obviously now has proven it was well-deserved. I yep. was more hesitant because I was afraid yeah. that it was biting off more Nika Chew. Like, well, let's you know? be honest. I I said no. He he deserves. You know, I understand why they're putting him there. He'll do fine. And you were you're concerned just, for multiple I, reasons. You're concerned for your friends. <laughs> that's okay. all. Exactly. Like you understand. I was concerned yeah. for him. I and know. and he proved me. He proved me to be concerned for no fucking reason. Okay. And then, but then when you come under this one, it's like then you're gonna you're gonna rag on Bellator or you're gonna rag on Feraldo for not having a good performance. He's fighting a tough guy, yeah. and the his first time on the main card. Sometimes it doesn't work out for you. Look, he's got highlight real knockouts against guys that have good decent records, not great records, but good records. But he's also making them look like they don't deserve to be in there with him. That's a well deserving spot. Two flying knee knockouts. Two. One of them made ESPN's top. I think it was like number two or three when he made the top ten. Like right. the, he's fantastic. He calls his shots. He makes it entertaining. Let's pump our brakes on the media. Like it just straight up like, oh, well, this is what happens when you guys give them these guys. And then now they're on the main card against a tough guy. Then they don't perform. Well, you didn't say shit when Usman was getting the title shot and look how great Usman did. So whatever they're doing, they're doing right. It just sometimes guys, sometimes it doesn't work out for the guy you're fighting. That's it. I'm going to say this, though. The person you're talking about, I'm not going to bring up a name, but he's a good guy. And he's a very good journalist. He covers the sport well. He does a fantastic job for you know, the people that he works with up where he's at. And look, sometimes it's when you don't watch a promotion so much and you're, you're heavier mm-hmm. into watching you know, the UFC and stuff. You don't even know some of these guys until all of a sudden yeah. you know, they're there. And it, it does make a difference. But, you know, I, I just take a look and say, hey, you know, Roman Feraldo is going to be back and he's going to be back better than ever. And way to go for for Chokely. Man, he he just established, man, when I put it all together, I can beat really tough guys. And he beat a really mm-hmm. tough guy in Roman Feraldo. Yeah. Well, I mean, John, not to rag on, and I know, I know, who, I know that you know who I'm talking about, 
Not to rag on him too much. I'm going to give him a little bit of love later on, too, when we talk about a Patricky situation, you know, and the cut and the hospital and all that stuff. I'm going to give him a little bit of, of a shout also, not not a bad way, in a good way. He said yeah. some things that, that definitely need to be addressed, and I'm going to try to address those, too, later on. But look, uh, as we go down this card, uh, how do you say his last name? Alive. But he trains also yeah. with uh, with uh, Usman and uh, Habib's team and stuff, and the AK team. So him, I thought he had a good performance. He's he's tough, man. He's yeah. tough. You could tell there's a little bit of jitters in that first round. He sure. just wanted to do what he could do. Uh, just but the, that, the elbow that, strike, the way he yeah. threw it. Oh. Okay, and this is you know, look at I, I say it all the time. Look, ground and pound is a specific skill set, mm-hmm. and you watch that elbow thrown by Aleve on Sean Fallon, and it's showing you a intelligent use of a technique in a given situation that caused a cut that stopped the fight. That was beautifully done by Ali. You got to give him credit. He did exactly what he's supposed to do with his skill set. You know, great job. Uh, Achilles Molta. I'm not going to say much. Just yeah. you got to do. You got to be more active on top, man. I mean, you went from this crowd went from having fun to just <laughs> you. You killed it, brother. You killed it, man. I, I think there was six they, finishes they, before his fight. He was the first one that didn't. I will say this though. He he fought it lightweight. I watched him. Th- I watched him right before they wrapped his hands on the scale, one eighty-eight. Holy shit, pretty John. goddamn big. That's fucking huge. I don't. I don't get how people can do that. I don't. I don't understand. I could never do that. Never. Yeah. I was never big enough to do that. Anyways, <laughs> even before I started cutting weight, I was never that big. Yeah, you were never that big <clears throat> before it. But you got to yeah, give it, this guy. Go ahead. He actually. He actually did use. He used that size because, as I, you know. It's Pacheco was very athletic. He's athletic. And Achilles killed his athleticism by putting him on his back throughout the fight, but wasn't able to get the finish, which, hey, man, if you're you're taking that guy down there, you got to work towards getting that finish. No one one minds if you're using the ground and, uh, and just either pounding the shit out of someone or moving yourself towards submissions where you're, 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 even if you don't get it, you're there, you know, trying to uh, apply the submission. No one cares. It's when you just maul someone, and yeah. you don't go for the heavy ground and pound, or you don't go for the submissions. Then people go, "Why? Why am I watching?" Next guy, Archie Colgan, fantastic fighter, young and up and coming fighter. He's now he's what five good. or six and zero? Oh? I think he's six and zero. Oh. Yep. Now he's going to be good. I like to see maybe someone like him and Achilles Moto fight. Now I know it's a little bit ahead of time because Achilles got a lot more experience. But they're both at lightweight, yeah, they are. which is kind of weird to me because Archie he cuts a lot of weight. They say, but he's not a big guy. No, he's not. He's like five five. I'll give Maybe. him five six five seven. Okay, okay. So he's <laughs> as tall. He's as tall as Dalton Rasta. Got it. <laughs> Dalton Rasta. Dalton's gonna, I, gonna crush you. He's gonna fucking just <laughs> flick me. He's look fine. at Sullivan yeah, Collie. You got to give it up, man. You know, Jay Raddick coming off of, he just started out 3-0, and three big uh, a KO, two submissions. The guy is athletic. You can see it coming from Philadelphia. Um, we've seen a lot of really good fighters coming out of that area lately. Oh, geez. And I, Sean and Brady, I watched, Paul Felder. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Eddie Alvarez. I mean, Pat Sabatini, all Sab- them. Yeah. Yep. I watched Jay. He is explosive. He's an athlete. Dude, Sullivan called. You know, he made a mistake, and that mistake, you know, when he went for the take, he tried to jump on the back. It didn't go for him. And, you know, he fell off, and Sullivan turned around. But that one shot 
froze Raddick on the ground, and then the next one put him out. You know, Sullivan Cauley's proven to be he's a he's going to be a handful for people. He does not mind being in the standup. He's got good hands. Coming out of a D1 school like Arizona State as a wrestler, he's good, and he's just getting better, and his confidence is growing. And you know, Jordan Johnson has done a really good job. He's been a big impact on Sullivan Cauley in his career. He's done a great job of slowly bringing him up, giving him better talent, you know, and every fight he's getting better and better. I, you know, John, like he said, he, first off, he's not a big guy for 205. He, no, he probably not. should think about 185. He could. I think, think he's going to have to. A little, little, little bit thick in the legs, though. Yeah, I think there's, he's going to have to start thinking about, about 185, though, a little bit because you start getting into that Corey Anderson, you start getting into the Nemkoff and – He's gonna and Yoel That's Romero. A Twenty pound dip though, baby. Twenty yeah, pounds. Yeah, I know, but I don't think he cuts a lot of weight at two hundred five though to get there. So I mean, he's gonna have to start maybe just even kind of just thinking about it, considering it a little bit. But right now, there's no reason to. But just keep it back in your mind, like, hey, I may need to go down to one eighty five. Um, he's not a big guy, but guess what? Like he said, for some reason, man, I don't consider myself a big punching power, but I seem to be touching people and they seem to be going to sleep. Yeah. That's a good problem to have. That's that a really a good, good problem. problem. To have. Yep. So that's, um, that's one a lot of people would like to like to you know emulate there. I want to give a little love to Laird Anderson because I used to train him when he was a young kid. I think he was like ten years old, maybe even younger, nine or ten. But uh, he used to he used to come to AK and I would coach. You know, he was take my jiu-jitsu class and my kickboxing class, and I would work it and I'd work out and train with them. They would come train at night in jiu-jitsu. Good kids. Uh, him and Elias, his brother. Both good kids, Lowell Anderson's kids. Uh, Lowell used to fight in the UFC, fought uh, John Lewis. Good jiu-jitsu guy. Yeah, Just a great family. Super nice. Yep, fought, great guy. Great, great people. Great people. Yep. So congratulations on him. Great performance. Did good stuff. He's a dog. Um, Isaiah Hokick. Looked good fantastic. Yep, he looked good. He's got to be careful trying to remember that he's a wrestler, not a striker. Let's go, buddy. Like I thought got... he matched it up very well. I thought, look, I, thought I love the too. fact that he's willing to let someone get up so he can use his hands and take them down again and, and just break their spirit. Yeah. I thought he looked great. Also give it, give it up real quick for Jordan Newman. Who's getting be his hands. And he came over to me and says, I told you my hands were better. And they are. And you could see that he wanted to use that. He was mm -hmm. fighting a guy that came from a boxing background, but he did a great job. And finally, when he took the fight to the ground, he ended it with a rear naked choke. So congratulations to Jordan. He looked really good. All right, that's going to wrap up our Bellator talk. Let's go right into the next. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of one. We've got one. This is the one that I watched. I didn't know there was another one with uh, Shinya Aoki. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how they break these things up, man. Like, I've I've gone on there sometimes. There's just one fight it's to watch because on. It's, the, it's what they're putting on their Amazon Prime yeah. thing, and then they've got their <clears throat> other one. It is what it is. And so then, like here with Christian Lee versus uh, Abazov, it was, it, it was, it was, he, Christian Lee was in a lot of trouble, but he also, when I said, John, we had just talked about him just filling out, like he's finally becoming a man, this oh, and that, he, but he went from on. doing that in the lightweight division. See how small his waist is here. His waist yeah. is not that small anymore. No, he's, he's got a trunk now. His, his yeah. legs are not his legs, Thick. his legs and his, his ass and his hips are wide. Yeah. He is, um. He's gotten a lot better on the feet. I will give him a lot of love. He's got way better, way better on the feet, way better. His top pressure, his control, but I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't want to take anything away from him. But Abasov, when he hit the ground, when he was on his back, it was almost like he didn't know what to do. He was giving up mount right away. He was giving up three quarter mount right away. 
I think he was always used to being the one on top if he needed yeah. to be and never really too concerned about being on bottom. But it came through because Christian Lee looked fantastic when he got to that top position, just put some work in. Uh, he yeah. took some big shots, got rocked. I think it was in the first round, just got, just was, was on. I'm surprised. I'm surprised the ref didn't stop it. Looking at the ground, like turning away a little bit, kind of backing up hands, hands were down by his, his, his waist, just backing away. John taking clean shots to the face. I was surprised the ref didn't stop it, but then he, he buckled down, man. was able to grab and clinch Abasov. Abasov tired himself out. And this yep. was a jump up for Christian Lee. He went from lightweight. Then up now this was a welterweight fight, but it's considered a middleweight. It was for the welterweight title, but it was a middleweight fight. Uh, whatever, man. I don't. Even, I don't even understand. I don't understand how they're doing their shit. Just call it what it is. Yeah, confusing. <laughs> That's what I call it. Confusing. Yeah. But I got to give this this young man a lot of credit, man. He he looked fantastic in terms of the things he understood what he had to do to get back on track, John, and win this fight. Great job. He was hitting him with the hands. He was rolling. He was taking some shots, giving some shots. But every time he felt like that he might have been in danger, he was able to clinch, get the fight to the ground, dominate the position, come back up to the feet, land some more striking. Christian Lee is good. He's really good. I don't know if this weight class is for him, though. He didn't look as great and as clean and as crisp nope. as he normally does in terms of his cardio. He looked tired. He was heavy breathing after the first round, all the he's shots he he's took. pushing against a lot more weight. Yeah. Yep. I don't think it's I don't think this weight class is for him. I think he was able to get the win, but he dug deep. He had to dig deep. Uh well, what's the next we, fight we, on here? We've seen mm -hmm. that from his entire family, man. Let's just be honest. Oh yeah. He, him, his sister, mm -hmm. they're dogs. They they got no quit in them. They will yep. not give in. And so that's why he won. Abazov, like you're saying, he is a guy that obviously when he's training, he's not training off his back. He's always the guy that's in the top position, and he's good yeah. there. You gotta, you gotta be put yourself in the worst positions possible for the fight. So when they happen in the real thing, it's not a, it's not a problem for you. But well, he he had a good little uh, hook. You know, he always had that three quarter hook or whatever it was yeah. for the hook. For the, but then as the fight went on and he started getting tired, that hook went away. Gone. <laughs> it wasn't there anymore. Even hold that leg. Uh then you got Lomain versus uh, Bibiano. Bibiano just. It's the age. The, the output, down. the output is not there anymore. It's Bibiano the, has slowed down, and, and yeah. it's not like he was a great fighter, but he fantastic. You know, father, father time takes away, and the first thing he normally takes away, not always, because you'll see, you you can see some guys that are older fighters still they're fast, mm -hmm. but <clears throat> in this circumstance, the things that Bibiano was able to do before, the shots that he was able to land and get away with. They're not landing now. He's, they're not getting as yeah. close, and it's making the difference in the fight. And so, John, yeah, what he, I'm seeing though lost. too is what I'm hearing is, or what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing is that he's he's carrying a lot of muscle. I know he always has. Yeah, he carries so much muscle for such a small guy. But he's always he's always been big in the upper body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. always had that big chest, shoulder, arm. He, he, that's who he's been. He's got enough chest to lend me some. Can I get some chest, please? Because <laughs> yeah, I, I never had chest. Never, never. Yeah. Next fight. <clears throat> this was a this was a fun fight. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, I don't know. This one wasn't. I on didn't there. see that. No, that one was on. Oh, I was talking about the Rotank fight. Sorry, this oh. I didn't see that fight. I didn't okay. see these other two fights. I, this is Ro what I'm talking Rotank's about. always fun to watch. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. I watched the whole show. These two guys, I didn't see on there. Yeah, John, I'm so confused on how they do their their format. It's because they do the 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 
MMA with the Muay Thai, ah. Muay, Muay Thai with the the MMA gloves, but it's Muay Thai, and then they don't put it in their thing. So they didn't put the Muay Thai fights on. Uh, just yes, show the card, man. The one that everyone got to see. <laughs> show the card. So I watched the Rotang fight. That was a great fight, man. It was it was great. I know that I can't remember the other guy's name, but they had he he came up in the weight class, tried to win the title there. He just wasn't big enough. Rotang was just casually just walking him down, just fucking putting heavy shots. But good fight. Good stuff. And uh, that's going to wrap up our one talk. All right. All right. Let's um, move on. What else you got for us, Dave? Yeah, let's um, touch on this Don Danis and KSI fight <laughs> that was announced for January. <laughs> Sorry. Fucking doo-doo. <laughs> oh, my doo-doo. God. Oh, First God. off, Dylan Danis. You're going to go fight KSI. KSI can box, so I'm not going to take anything away from him. He can box. Uh, you just lost. You just lost a, a a bitch slap fight to fucking a guy that fights at featherweight. Well, he and, doesn't walk around at featherweight anymore, John. Let's not pretend like he does. Uh, he dude, f- Anthony fights at featherweight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's walks just around put like one ninety. He's a little thick guy, man. But no, thick. I get what you're saying. Uh, come on, you know, look. I I love the fact. I really do. I love the fact that Dylan Dennis is going to fight KSI. I love. I think that's great because finally, instead of just tweeting shit out or Instagramming something or all the bullshit that he's been doing, you're actually getting into a cage or a ring and you're gonna fight. Is he gonna get in there, John? Will he make it to the fight? All right, that okay. I was just gonna say it. So you're you're gonna actually get in there, but are you? Are you really gonna make it? Because I'm telling you right now, Josh, KSI lights him up in a boxing match. It's going to light him up, which a lot of people are not going to be too unhappy with. Why? Oh, 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 yes, yes. I thought you said that. Why? Yeah, I think I I don't know if I don't I don't I don't know, John. I I, I just got to be honest. If he loses this fight, I think I I know Bellator still has a contract. Just let him go. He's done. We should should let him go already. Yes. But. And you're saying, oh, we're going to see him fight. Well, if we see him fight, okay, good. I'm I'm happy that he got the fight. Then I'm happy. Yeah. I want to see. I want to see him fight. But this is not where you should have been trying to fight him. You should have said, hey, KSI, let's do this and let's do this in MMA. Yeah. Like something along those lines. Let's see. Let's be honest. Is Dylan Dennis a good grappler? Yes, he's, he's good. No, he's good. He's a good grappler. I'm not going to sit there and, and diminish him in any fashion. He is a very good grappler. He's got good jujitsu. Does he, is he still? The best? Does he still train though, John? Okay, like hold that? on. I I can't tell you. You know, I I'm not around him, and so I don't know exactly how hard he's working at it now. But he's still good. You know, is he the best? No, he's not the best. There's guys that will you know light him up right now when it comes to the grappling arts. But he's still good, and he can out grapple a lot of people. <laughs> Striking wise, dude, I'm sorry. You sh- you showed in your in your fights in MMA your striking is not good, so okay now you're gonna go to boxing. So you think that's gonna help? At least KSI has he's got two fights against Logan Paul where look at there was a lot of pressure in those fights, and so I just look at it and go, hey man, this guy has been slap your mate. Damn it, there you go. <laughs> this guy has been there and done it with. A lot of pressure on the line. He's he, he sold out the damn uh, stadium in the 
in London for his two fights against some, you know, two guys. Now those guys are nothing. But the fact is, neither is Dylan Dennis when it comes to boxing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say Dave. how Dylan's going to win. Dave. Yeah. Next. <laughs> um, so there was a... Really next? Yeah, next. Yes, okay. next. Um, there I, was... much, I already wasted two minutes of my life on that. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so there was a Greg Hardy boxing match against uh, Hasim Rachman Jr. Um, yes, there was. Greg uh, Hardy won the fight. Greg Hardy mauled him. I know you guys saw some like Twitter highlights, but just if you have any comments there, and then there was a BKFC as well. Um, I know you guys saw some Twitter highlights. Joey, too. Joey Beltran taking on Houston Alexander. This is the only problem I have with BKFC. Stop rehashing MMA fighters as your stars. Guys that are past their primes, guys that have had too many fights overall, be it in MMA and now BKFC. Man, you, you guys have some guys that are really good bare-knuckle fighters. Stop reusing MMA fighters. John, I think that... I don't think they're trying to make these guys stars. They're putting them in the heavier... They're putting them up at the top because What they they're trying to names. do is get name recognition. Yeah. yeah. But ultimately... If these guys are willing to fight and they want to fight and they need the money or they want the money, I get it. But if they're okay. if they're if they're medically cleared, I, I don't want to see it. But I I understand people got to make a living, you know. And then whatever. I mean, BKFC is paying a lot of money. They do it. They do a good job of paying their fighters, you know, for considering what you get. Yep. So um, That's true. I'm not mad at it. Uh, I didn't see the Greg Hardy fight. I was trying to watch real fights. Greg um, Hardy put Rockman down, man. Knocked him on his keister. Rockman was. Anyway, what they say? I want to say, what was the weight difference in this? Because look at Greg Hardy doesn't have to cut when it comes to boxing. You know, boxing once you get above that certain weight, it doesn't matter how big you are. There's no two sixty five pound weight limit. So Greg Hardy came into this. He's a two hundred ninety some pound guy. Man. Probably three hundred. <laughs> yeah, probably. probably. And so there, there was a big weight difference, but there should have been a skill difference as far as Rachman being the boxer throughout his life. You know, Craig Hardy is boxing now. To, you know, obviously his MMA career was mostly based on stand-up, mm -hmm. but give it up for Greg Hardy. You know, a lot of people don't like him, and that's okay. That's you know, everyone's going to have their own personal opinion. I always try to give guys, you know, a second break. It seems to me that most of the people that work with him now, they all tell me that, hey, he's a good guy. He, uh, you know what? He made mistakes in the past. He, he's atoning for those. And so good luck to you, sir. I hope you continue on with your boxing career and you get something good. Next. Uh, Dave, pull up that, that thing that uh, Patricio posted, please. I, sent, I, I put in the news, in our news thing. Um, okay. There was... Because oh, John's here, the cut. yeah, the cut. So I want to okay. have this conversation with you about it, and I want to, you know, we're pushing up on him with two hours now. So I want to just, I wanted to have this conversation a little bit. Patricio put the video out. They didn't have a doctor on site that could stitch for the Bellator event. Uh, 
Now, not every look. I've I've done events before in the past with the UFC where they didn't have a doctor on site that could stitch either. There you go. <clears throat> this this happens. Oh yeah. And also, if the cut is a certain size or the doctor wants to do it at the hospital. Yes. Because if they need a plastic surgeon or anything like that, they can call one in. They get it all done there. They can't just just do it there. So and get it done right. Yeah, that's okay. the other thing. Go, Go ahead. ahead. I, got, I, I want. I wish. I wish I was able to show the picture that I saw yesterday. But which one of his Go cut? On. No, no. Kennedy oh. in Juqua is doing mm -hmm. a interview after the fight, and he's sitting there with Karen Bryant and Laura Sanko and Anthony Smith, and I'm looking at the cut over his right eye that had occurred mm -hmm. earlier not in this yeah. fight he didn't get cut and mm -hmm. the stitch job on it and that's why you look and you go and that's why sometimes you need different doctors yeah doing this. you know because someone's got this dr in front of their name doesn't mean they're good at something oh yeah you know? so to, to wrap just to kind of give you guys a heads up on or give you guys some some feedback on this i was in training at aka and i was wrestling without a mouthpiece and from that day forward, I never wrestled again or trained again without a mouthpiece ever. Even when I'm just training with fucking white belts, blue belts that I know I can mop all over the floor. I never train with anybody without a mouthpiece. Showing technique, mouthpiece. Doesn't matter. I got a takedown on someone. His head bounced off the wall, off the floor and came up and hit me back in the mouth. And my fang came all the way through my tooth or all the way through my lip. My fang my came through my tooth. My fang. Yeah. This fucking thing right here came all the way through my lip lip it came all the way through my lip and split me open and i went to the doctor and i was like oh i said like, i knew i needed stitches i'm like how many do you think i need she's like oh no you need a plastic surgeon she's like because if i don't bring a plastic surgeon in here it's gonna look like you have a cleft chin like you cleft have that cleft yep. lip cleft she's gonna, she, yeah. yeah she's got that's what it's gonna look like she's like yep. i need to bring a bring a plastic surgeon in so she was able to stitch to a certain point and then she brought the plastic surgeon in to make sure that it didn't look like that I had a cleft lip. Yeah. In this situation, obviously your eyes a little bit different, but there's a lot of little things that can happen in there. If the cut goes that it goes this way, which is easier to cut or easier to stitch. Yep. But if it starts to cut down into your eyeball or into your your eyelid, you can start your to have orbital some problems. Area. Now every doctor that they have on site, whether it's the UFC, whether it's one, I've worked over in one as well, guys. Okay, and also with Bellator, Strike Force, Pride. They, if the doctor does not feel comfortable or they don't, they just don't have the equipment they need there for stitches, they will send you to the hospital. That's just the way it goes. And depending on how the cut was done and how, what it looks like, was it, was it this way? Was it this way? I got lucky when I fought Tony Ferguson because I had Mercedes Benz cuts all over my head. That's why I'm going bald. See? <laughs> That's why I'm going bald. The hair can't grow there. I've got so many so, damn cuts. So hold it. So now you're you're blaming your male John, pattern baldness on let me have let, let me have my moment, John. John, quit interrupting me. John, I'm sorry. quit interrupting I'll me. Continue on, sir. So, uh, <laughs> but that those cuts though, they luckily the doctor was willing to do it there. But he was there because he didn't have all the stuff that he needed. He was there for two hours. The arena was empty. By the time he was, and they were telling him, hey, are you almost done? Are you almost done? Because it took him so long because he didn't have an assistant handing him the tools. He didn't have everything that he needed. He was he was using these little uh, to-go packets for stitches, something that a med person would have like on the side of the road. So it was something that he, that he was just makeshifting as he went. Otherwise, I could have got it done a lot sooner had I went to the hospital. 
So there's are, those are all things that you got to keep in your mind. But I do think we should always have a surgeon on site or some not a surgeon, but a, a doctor on site that's willing to do the stitches. From what I understand, Patricia was pretty upset if you read the comments. The Illinois commissions don't don't serve for shit. Not a single doctor on the side to stitch my brother. Now we spent so, we spent hours here, five hours, I believe, is what he says, and still waiting to see a doctor. Bellator needs to fix this problem. It's a shitty situation. No one wants to go to the hospital after the fight. Period. Because it normally means you lost. And on top of that, you don't want to be in a hospital at all until five in the morning. That's the other thing, especially in a state or area that you've never been, and you, no one wants to be there. Shitty situation to be in, but this is this is the fight game. This is the fight game. It is the fight game, and the, all I can tell you is this. I can take you back through too many situations where the UFC was somewhere, and that place says, we don't stitch, and they don't have a doctor. If you look now, the UFC brings Dr. Jeff Davidson, He's their medical supervisor. Or if he's not going to be there, he, they bring another doctor. They usually try to use Dr. Who as their stitching guy because he's a plastic surgeon and he does a fantastic job on guys. And, you know, you you know, take a look at the Diaz brothers. Take a look at Nick Diaz. Nick, used, Nick actually had to have plastic surgery on scar tissue because he'd been stitched so many times and the, and the actual stitch job is not good. And this is what I was talking about with Kennedy when I was looking at his eye. I goes, Jesus Christ, who the hell stitched that? It's horrible. Okay. And because you are a doctor, doesn't mean you're good at something. And there's times that you're going to want to wait longer for that right doctor, the person that really knows what they're doing. This situation, and it's happened, you know, Illinois, as far as the doctors, what happens is you'll get places that the doctor, and, and you people need to understand this, Look, the doctors in MMA, in boxing, ringside physicians, they're putting their butts on the line to be there because they don't get malpractice insurance for what they're doing. It doesn't cover what they're doing as a ringside physician. So a lot of them will not stitch based upon they have a fighter, they stitch them. And then the fighter goes and gets cut again and says, the doctor in the, my last one, he screwed up my, my thing. And they sue him. They have nothing to cover themselves. And so a lot of them will say, I'm not stitching anybody. And this is, you know, it, it's a horrible game battle between the two. There are places where they, the doctors are covered by the commission. And so they do stitch. The problem with this is, Waiting five hours in a Chicago hospital is too long, you know, for, yeah. for stitches and stuff. I, I don't blame him. I don't blame uh, Patricio for being upset that his brother had to wait there that long. And the one thing that Bellator needs to address, they need to address this the same as the UFC addressed it in that if we're going to a location that we know we have problems in getting the fighters stitched in the back based upon the doctors don't do it there, we need to bring somebody that will. We need to bring somebody that will take care of it. It could be that we bring someone. There's no cuts. They don't have to do anything the entire night. Yeah. Okay. But we have someone bringing them. That, that doesn't mean you have to bring them from, you know, California or Nevada. or Yeah. It could be someone from, you know, the state of Illinois that you hire to be back there to do that job if it needs to be covered. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what you, what every promotion should understand is that, these guys are traveling from Brazil. 
Yep. They don't know where the fuck they're at. They don't think if you were to drop them off on the side of the road, they'd be like the foreign country. Where do I go to the airport? Like, how do I get like in and like English is not their first language. The fact that they speak any yeah, English but they're at all, damn good, they, especially they when are. they go, fuck you. Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> I love. <laughs> and this is one brother who loves his other brother. And they both are. And they obviously he was upset because that's his brother and his yeah. brother's, you know, in a vulnerable position right now. Obviously, the family's probably upset because he just lost. But all of these things, you just start worrying about your family, start worrying about your brother. And so they are in this in this scenario. I agree with you, John, that we do have to do a better job of making sure there's always a physician on site that's willing to do stitches. And um, just because these guys, when they travel across the world anywhere, like if I if I had fought in, you know, in London or if I had fought in, uh, you know, Dublin, I'd be a little concerned. Like, okay, who's stitching me? Who's getting like who who's doing the job on I me? Mean, I don't know how good these doctors are in this country. Yeah, wait till you, you know? go to other places. And that's what I'm saying. You if you if you you go to Beijing, if you go if you're in China, if you're in uh Kuala Lumpur, like some of these one fighters. Oh, I, yeah. I did commentary for some of these fights. Like, sure, Singapore's great. But I've been commentated some fights in some areas. I'm like, what in the like I'm not going oh, to the yeah. doctor here. I'm not going to the hospital here to get stitched. Like if I was a fighter, I'd be like, damn, this is not it's a little scary to me, you know, um, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, uh, different parts of uh, China that we went to. I was like, if I'm a fighter, I'm a little nervous about getting knocked out here or needing to go to the hospital. Just just my own my own personal yeah, opinion. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, um, true. that's going to wrap up our show. Go to WayneAndPodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch. Guys, we've got some big news coming for our merch department. So let's... Uh, Let's keep our fingers crossed. We get it done this week. And if we can get it done this week, it'd be ready to launch by Black Friday. You guys, there'll be a lot of new stuff, a lot of new gear available for you guys all across the table. Not just coffee mugs, hoodies, and sweaters, and t-shirts, and all the other stuff. Sweatshirts. Say thank you, John. Wow. Wow. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to say it. Guys, I went and I purchased a bunch of stuff off of our website and, and got some stuff and I just don't like the quality. So I'm going, I'm going big time. I'm going, we are going to have the highest quality stuff you can have. I want you to be happy with what you get. I want you to wear it proudly and I want you to be able to wear it for years. Mm -hmm. So if you only get one, that's okay. You can wear it for years, but it's going to be super high quality. You might have to pay a little bit more, but it's going to be great stuff. Yeah. I really have something I really enjoy wearing. So. All righty. Well, hey, well, that's going to wrap up our talk. And Dave. Me? Yeah. Take us away, Dave. Never mind. John, take us away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hear Dave take us away. Dave, take us away. Dave, take us away. Come on. And for everybody out there, <laughs> oh, he's got a do something the nice for someone. And we will see ya.